Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of The Pits, Stories from the Depths. What's up everybody, glad to be back. Thank you for tuning in, we appreciate you guys uh, checking us out and everything, and uh, yeah man, we're just going at it. Yeah. Life's coming. Sorry we've missed um, you guys, the last week's episode was, um, we did not do one Due to um, the very unfortunate loss of a good friend, Mitchell Brett. Yeah. So we've been, um, we just got back earlier in the weekend from his funeral up at Flowery Branch. Um, The service was really nice. Yeah, it was great. And then, you know, of course, it's a tragedy and we're going to miss our friend. And he died, you know, lost him way too soon. Yeah, 26 um, years old is too early. Yeah, uh, but the the amazing part about my, my group of friends is like, yeah, we're a bunch of idiots and we carry on and, you know, goofy or whatnot, but when there is, like, true, truly something tragic that happens, it we do rally around each other in such an amazing way, and... It is just, it's something that's cool to see in spite of everything. Um, and we're going to continue to support the Brett family and be there for them too. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, everybody, thank you. If, um, if you didn't know the family, and even if you didn't, if you just were Georgia Southern alumni and donated to those the funeral expenses for the family. And their GoFundMe. Yeah, we really. We that on our socials. So. Yeah, really, really appreciated that. Um, you know, it's not always, you know, something you plan for. No. So, um, especially being so young. So all of you that donated, really appreciate you. Um so wanted to kind of do a more fun episode this week. <laughs> yeah, we've been yeah, it's been it's been kind of uh weird. We've just kind of been in limbo. Um It's been heavy. Everything. It didn't so. feel right um doing an episode to yeah. be honest and I haven't been on my personal social media page yeah. since we found out, so um Definitely didn't really want to do anything for this, to be honest. But we support all you guys that have stuck with us and are listening to us. It's going to be a struggle bus Monday for sure. We're recording this late and I fell asleep on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get it done. I mean, but, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that we do love doing this. Um, But yeah, we just really weren't in the mood at the beginning of last week and, uh, and but you know, and to do something that you love, you have to work hard, and so we're working hard at it now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, this week we're going to be talking about a couple that I think everybody is pretty familiar with. Um, if not, then I don't know where you've been, but we're going to be talking about Siegfried and Roy today. Oh, interesting. Right. Yeah. I thought, you know, when you're down in the dumps, what's better than two men questionable relationship status that just love big white tigers? Yeah. So, Definitely I think... Definitely not gay. <laughs> no, no. 
So, what I wanted to start the show with is, what do you think are the three most top Googled questions about Siegfried and Roy? Um, I would say, one, are they in a relationship, slash, are they homosexual? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. did they get eaten by tigers? Um, and then, uh, I, probably something with their mom, since he's big... Siegfried's a big Oedipus complex guy. That's Sigmund Freud. Oh. That's Who's okay. Siegfried? Siegfried oh, and Roy person. is... No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> All right. Sigmund Freud is a psychology... Yeah, I know like, that. ...forefather. He's old. But is a tiger guy a psychology guy, too? No. Or they're just tiger guys? I'm so excited we're doing that. They're just tiger guys. I don't know anything it's about okay. them. It's okay. I mean, I'm. you are not the only person, I'm sure, that has assumed that. Dude, I'm a moron. I'm, anybody listening to this right now is probably like, well, he is so stupid. <laughs> but I, well, I just was like. I don't think you're stupid. I just think that. I Well, th- that was a smart thing. He is an edit, a big, like, believer. Yeah, you are correct. Sigmund Freud. Yes. We could talk, we could do a bunch of episodes, but yeah, he did the whole, he came up with the whole Oedipus complex, right. like, philosophy. He also talks about, like, childhood development stages, and, like, one of them's, like, the fecal stage, like, why kids play with their poop, yeah. and if people get stuck on that, and, like, why people are into poop stuff, so. This has gone on. <laughs> yeah, well. This is a great tangent. Okay, so I, so then I have no idea why... Those Siegfried and Roy are famous. And you don't? No. Oh my god! I thought I thought that they were both like. But you know the Tiger Show. Yeah, you know I what thought, I'm talking about. I, yeah, I know they did the Tigers, but I thought that they were like psychologists that just like turned into Tiger <laughs> trainers. Oh my! This is the best. I couldn't. I have, thought they were just like. I didn't think I was. I was like, this is gonna be a really short episode. If I'm really sad about Mitchell, and I don't really want to do this, and then like right off the bat, <laughs> babe, this is quality. I really did. I swear, I thought. I thought that they were just like you know whatever. I'm tired of of the rat race. <laughs> so I'm just gonna hang it up. And become a tiger trainer. You know, I'm sick and tired of listening to crazy people. Yeah. You know what would be really cool? Tigers. I got I got my boyfriend. Let's, let's hit the road with some oh tigers. This is awesome. All right. Well, um, you're... It's just a tiger thing that they're famous for, then? And, and I guess, uh, being homosexual? Oh, my gosh. Well, all right. I'm so to the say first that in the most respectful way possible. I get it. The first question you did hit. The first most asked question is: Are Siegfried and Roy a couple? Um. So it. I mean, it's never ever came out that they're a couple. Right. Yeah, that's what I. Thought. Um. I know that it was like heavily rumored, but yeah. I mean, I think it was like it's what in the seventies. Still a time where like. They started, um, like, when they were really popular, it would have been, yeah, like, they they started actually working together in the 50s and 60s, and then, um, when they, like, started big in Vegas was the 70s, so if they were, um, but, yeah, they never really go... 
I don't know. It's never been confirmed. Right. If they're in. Right. But, I mean, it's definitely a time where it would be difficult to come out as openly gay. Right. So, I don't know. They are on um, the LGBT project wiki. Huh. So, we yeah. don't know. It's It's one of those things where it's like it's... I think it's pretty well... Yeah. So, and then the second you kind of hit it, um, someone, the most popular second question is who died Siegfried or Roy? And the answer is neither of them. No. But one of them did get hurt really bad. Yeah. Um, which I think is the most popular in 2003. It was like really bad. Like the three most popular YouTube videos are all about like the tiger incident. But there's also one about how, like, essentially they became one of the biggest non-topless acts in Vegas. Huh. So, yeah, like, for the time, I think Vegas was essentially Sin City. Yeah. And they kind of brought, like, a family aspect. And, right. I mean, they're white tigers, which are very rare. And, I mean... White tigers are pretty cool looking. Right. But my question was, like, how did they, because <laughs> I, I knew they weren't psychologists, but I did wonder, like, how did they get into being, like, because I know, Tiger side note, guys, Johnsy has also said that he would be cool working with exotic cats, like big cats, and he's like, I don't know, I just have a way with animals, and so <laughs> I kind of wanted to pick this one, because it's a good... I also have... Um, Here, I just want some wolves or I like have this, like, some big cats. I have this crazy well because I was talking this weekend about how I think I could I could fight Floyd Mayweather. And like, I have sometimes I have this these like crazy like ideas of grandeur of, of right. things that I could think that I can accomplish <laughs> <laughs> that are probably impossible. But well, like that's the thing now is uh, a lot of big cats in captivity and stuff. Like they're trying to limit that as much as possible. Yeah, they're wild. Doesn't matter, you know, they are supposed to be not kept in cages, right. and they're definitely not show animals. Like, I'm not a huge, I will not go to SeaWorld. I, right. I, I, it's just not. Okay. The parking lot is like 27 or 28 times bigger than the orca habitat. Yeah. There's something wrong with that. Yeah, should, there's a podcast oh, over my dead body. It's the, the the second oh, yeah. season, yeah, Joe yeah. Exotic, it's pretty good. Is it? Not not that Wondery needs any plugs or anything, but right. it's a good one <laughs> if you're good. in a true crime podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, well, see, that was the other thing um, I was going to talk about um, in conjunction with this, is that yeah. the orca attack, but <laughs> we'll get <laughs> just about what There's a lot of dolphin attacks, too. Well, dolphins are highly intelligent, and I wouldn't really want to be kept in captivity either, so... Dolphin rape, I heard. It's a real thing. Yeah. Maybe they have a victim's They group. just get, they just, like, get turned on, I guess. Jesus. That would be <laughs> awful. But, I mean, if you're doing something messed up, then you should get raped by a dolphin. Yeah. I don't know. I think they'd have a high libido. Nice. Get yeah. it, dolphins. All right, um, so early life, Siegfried was born Siegfried Tyrone nice. Fischbacher, get it? He was born June 13th, 1939, 
Um, and Roy Horn was actually born Uwe Ludwig Ludwig Horn, October third, nineteen forty four, and they were both born and raised in Germany. Okay. Um, they immigrated to the United States and like eventually became naturalized citizens. Um, Siegfried Fischbacher. Gosh, you think that's probably like he just went by like, the single solo name? Fischbacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just I mean, Siegfried, just like Prince or Beyonce. Just they definitely. Uh, I would never want to be called Mr. Fischbacher. They definitely sound very Bavarian. Well, they're German. Yeah. Um. <laughs> every time I think German. I think of Fred's stepbrothers. Sprechen <laughs> Dick, Derek. <laughs> right. Siegfried Fischbacher was born in Rosenheim, Germany. And his mom was Marie and his dad was Martin. Um, his mother was a housewife and his father was a professional painter who was imprisoned by the Soviets during World War II. Just sad. Um, he actually purchased a magic book as a child, which I don't know, I don't know. Um, I'm sure it's just, like, common, like, hand tricks like that, but yeah, I'm like, I'm... uh, in Germany, were they just selling, I thought they were killing people that <laughs> even, you know, like, gypsies and all, I thought they <laughs> well, discouraged I mean, World that. World War One a little different. That's true. It hadn't gotten super, yet. well, well, he was born in 1939, so when he was... A child. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Just saying. And, like, his dad, if he was already... Yeah, his dad was imprisoned by the Soviets during World War Two. Okay. So, I don't know, but not I good. Mean, yeah, I mean, there's probably only a certain amount of, like, toys during that time that's for so kids. True. So, like, magic kits are probably yeah, one of the only true. ones. Some card trick stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So he. It just says he began practicing tricks. Um. He moved to Italy in 1956 and began working at a hotel. Um. So I'm guessing this is as an entertainer, like maybe a, a bar, but I don't know. Good maybe tricks. he did a little bit of everything. This is working at a hotel. Street magic. Yeah. He eventually um started working performing magic on a ship called the T S Bremen. And his stage name was Del Mar, Del Mari. Nice. Yeah. Definitely not Fishbacher. <laughs> um, Siegfried and Roy actually met during this time. So that's how the two came together. Um, a little bit about Roy before we go into their meeting, because the big cat thing literally starts from like, their first meeting, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Roy Horn... Um, was born Uwe Ludwig Horn. I'm probably butch. It's U-W-E. I don't know how you say that in German, but... Uwe! Oh, God. Big song of love. He's... I think they're technically Finnish or something, they're but... Swedish. Yeah. Swiss. Uh, uh, they're, they're, like, in the Alps. Or they're in the mountains, and yeah, it's... Yeah. somewhere around knows. there. We're super great at this, guys. <laughs> um... But they're fictional characters. I think it'll be okay. I'm not sure we're... If... Technically, they're from... Um, God, what is that? They're not from Westleton. Westleton? 
Oh my god. Arendelle. There you go. I love yeah. you, babe. See? I'm pretty sure the people of Arendelle aren't going to be offended. I, <laughs> I would say Frozen 2. It's Washington. Alright, back to Uwe. I'm, so that's how I'm saying it. Uwe Ludwig Horn was born October 3rd, 1944 in Nordenham. Um, I don't even think about this. It's not a great time. October 3rd, 1944. Um, so yeah, apparently he was born in the middle of a bombing. His mom was Joanna Horn. Uh, his biological father died in World War II, as did hundreds of thousands of other people. And his mother, uh, ended up remarrying after the war ended. Good. I guess women also, like, if you didn't have a husband, you couldn't do anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you'd just be homeless. (laughs) Jesus. I'm so glad we've come a little ways with that. I'm not going to say it's it's better than that. Yeah, but women can, you know, drive their own cars and purchase their own homes. Yeah, we don't, like, you can get a credit card in our name. You can own your own business. Yeah, if you were, back then, if you were married, you had to get your dad's, like, permission to be. Yeah, and if your dad's dead, then you're just. Yeah. Screwed. It's a terrible time. Um, So she actually. Um, remarried a construction worker, and then she began later to work in a factory. Uh, he was one of four boys, so he had three brothers, Manfred, Alfred, and Warner. Uh, Roy became interested in animals at a very young age, and his childhood dog's name was Hex, which is kind of cute. Hex. It's H-E-X-E. Hmm. Um... Roy's mother's Roy's mother's friend's husband, Emil, uh-huh. was the founder of the Bremen Zoo, um, which is actually what gave Roy access to some exotic animals from as young as ten years old. Oh. Yeah. He visited the United States briefly, um, when his ship wrecked and was towed to New York City. Wow. Kind of lucky. But I'm like, were you trying to... Where were you going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe Greenland or Canada. Canada. Yeah. Um, so he ended up later going home to Bremen um, before returning to work as a waiter on that boat. Huh. So that's where they met. And I have some interesting little quotes here about that little meeting. And I talked about the exotic animal thing. So Roy was always the one into the animals or like he had the most experience with them he had the plug he had the plug all right so um let's see i want to make sure okay so this is a fishbacher quote so this is siegfried because most people don't know him as fishbacher so Siegfried said, I became a first class steward and the captain found out there there is a steward who does some magic. And this is an interview with ABC News, by the way. Um, so one day Roy comes here and he helped me. And afterward, I wanted to know, find out how he liked it. The great Siegfried, what a great performance I gave. And he was not very impressed. So I guess he was just doing like card tricks. Yeah. And like his name was the great Siegfried. Just really pushing himself <laughs> out there, and Roy was like, "Meh." So he said, "I asked him, well, if you can make it, this is like what Roy said to him. 
I asked him, well, if you can make a rabbit disappear, so I guess that's the trick he was doing. Yeah. How about making a cheetah disappear? So he said that he invited uh, <laughs> Siegfried back to his cabin where he was keeping a cheetah named Chico. <laughs> okay, just just a right. run-of-the-mill cheetah. <laughs> right. I mean, those, Is that's Customs what... just letting him board the ship? I don't know. With Things are real loosey-goosey, apparently. Nobody's saying anything. <laughs> uh, what's that? Oh, it's my cheetah. Don't worry. His name's it's Chico. My, it's my emotional support cheetah. <laughs> I mean, it is one of the smaller of the big cats, but still. It's, uh, a but huge... it's still a giant cat that could just destroy you at any second. Mm-hmm. And, like, if it wanted to, like, it had to be heavily sedated in one of those rooms. Right. Or else it'd lose its mind. Yeah, and you can't run away from it. Yes, and if anything needs wide open spaces, it's a cheetah. That's so true. Um, So they ended up coming up with like this act or whatever on the ship, and they wanted to put the cheetah into the act. So uh, Siegfried said, we put him into the act, we had a standing ovation. I thought in show business, you don't have to be only good, you have to be different, and Roy brought the difference. So he was like, I'm good at like, the whole magic thing, and he has the whole cat thing going for him. So I think it'd be a great pair. So I did see some research that the two of them were fired for bringing the cheetah on the boat. <laughs> okay, which, so somebody <laughs> said something. Yeah, but it, and the like ABC News article that I found, it was just like they left... The show, or right. the, like, ship, the cruise ship right. game, but I'm like, eh, I think I'd be pretty pissed if I, like, I'm glad the show did well, but do you know how many lives you just put? Well, the fact that nobody said something sooner <laughs> is kind of disturbing. Like, you only said something to him, like, when he did a magic trick with it. Right. Like, you're not going to say, like, he had to walk on board. Like, it's not like you put a cheetah in your luggage. I don't know. Like, how do you get that thing onto the ship? I have no idea. But everything I found, it was just he had, he had a cheetah hiding in his room. They got a cheetah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he got it from the zoo. I don't know. Um, so they started then performing in clubs and theaters around Europe. Um, in 1966, the two of them went to Monte Carlo, which was a very hot spot for um, a lot of celebrities, including Grace Kelly, who ended up marrying Monaco's Prince Rainier. Rainier, I don't know, 1956. It was it's one of those like iconic wedding dresses or whatever you yeah. always see. Well, Grace Kelly is like one of the most famous actresses. She's a god. She's pretty wonderful. Um, so they went on to perform in front of some of the greats like Cary Grant, Sophia Loren, and Frank Sinatra hmm. at the annual Red Cross Gala there. So, um, someone who wrote a biography about, uh, Siegfried and Roy said, uh, this was complete and utter magic for them. They knew this would take them to the next realm. And the next day the headline was Siegfried and Roy, the new Kings of Monte Carlo. So that show helped them secure what would be their legacy in Vegas. Right. Um, so by the 1970s, the two of them basically were the must-see attraction in Vegas. Um, in 1969, they started as a side act at the Stardust Hotel's 
Lido de Paris show. And by 1978, so, I mean, about 10 years, a little under 10 years, um, they received, like, the best spots and, like, the best contracts. Really, like, people weren't getting paid the amount of money that they were. Right. Um, so, in between, like, during that time, I guess, both of them spent five years performing in the show Hallelujah Hollywood. Um, which was produced by a famous choreographer named Don Arden of MGM Grand, which is now called Bally's. Bailey's. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we've only been to Vegas once. I've only been to Vegas once. Is it Bally's? Yeah, they have Bally's. Okay. So that's that. Um, in 1981 was when they actually debuted the first full-length family-friendly Vegas show. So, between that time, they were kind of filling in on other people's. Right. Um, so, it was super successful, like I said earlier, um, because no one was taking their clothes off. <laughs> um, they It was produced by Kenneth Feld, um, and it was called Beyond Belief. Um, so... I just love this picture. Beyond belief. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally hetero. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So that was the uh, headliner. And it was super family friendly and was just like a huge hit. It was really hard to get tickets. The only thing I guess you could bring your, bring your kids to. Because there was a while there where they were trying to make Vegas... Like a family friendly destination, and then they realized like, oh, that's a bad idea. And then they just went back to kind of what the thing is like, like upscale. Now they kind of go in like uh, upscale kind of thing rather than just like that CD vibe, right? But um, but I, I can imagine at that time they're like the only thing in town to do, and you have like the Jenner Campbell gamblers yeah. who bring in their kids to <laughs> Vegas. Yeah, that and... was such a shock to me. Because that stuff still happens. And, well, so if you haven't been to Vegas, you can smoke everywhere. on, yeah, everywhere. An elevator. Yeah. And there's kids. And the first couple of times I'm like, oh, well, these people are checking in. Like, I, you know, I guess they're going to do other stuff. But then I got to thinking about it. And I'm like, what is there to do for a kid? Bring them to the pool. Yeah, your kids should stay home. You should have got a yeah, babysitter. I mean, they have they have stuff, but yeah, it's just not. It's not. It's called Sin City. Right. In what <laughs> effing world do you bring to your kid somewhere called? It's an adult thing usually, but I mean, there is stuff for kids to do. Uh, yeah, there's stuff to see. That's right. I mean, love was pretty like family friendly, but you, again, you have to walk through. It's a whole, like, casino thing, and there's yeah. so many people, and, like, prostitution, and... Yeah, just weird stuff. It's a lot. It would be a lot for a kid to see, and I don't know... No kid should go to Fremont, ever. No. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so, in May 1987, which was uh, approximately nine years after they opened their first permanent show, um, at the Stardust Resort Developer, he's... Um, like still a huge name, Steve Wynn, ended up signing the two to a $57.5 million five-year contract. 
Yeah, they have Wynn Hotels mm-hmm. in Vegas, too. Yeah. So, that was huge for the time. Um, I guess it's May 1987. So, uh, Siegfried later said, Roy had these dreams and I had the ideas. His dreams were always too big, but he believed too much in his dreams. But we made the dreams become a reality. So, there you go. Really hard work. Pays off. That's kind of how I am. Yeah. I'm always the dreamer. Yeah. I'll, and I'll be here to support you, babe. <laughs> I love it. Come I up love... with great ideas, but execute You do. You, I wouldn't say that. You execute some things great, and then some things we just need to go back to the drawing board on. Sure. Um, so, yeah, he was do. they were doing, like, the whole, you know, media circuit. They went on Jay Leno with some really cute freaking baby tiger cubs. Look at that no. picture. So sweet. I know. Well, <laughs> based on what happens, I don't think they're very well. T- I mean, they're tigers. Like, I don't know. It's not supposed to be. Right. And I didn't really look. around, brought in TV studios. Yeah. And they don't really talk much about what a like, actual animal treatment. Yeah. So. I'm sure because they loved these animals, they worked around them a lot. There was a certain amount of higher standard of care. But I think you're in, if you're on a permanent Vegas show, I guess it's such a, it's a desert. You know, there's you could yeah you I mean you could keep them for the times you were doing doing the show. You could keep them out somewhere and give them some room to run or something. Right. Um, this is actually the time that they also became citizens. Okay. In the United States. Um, so. Yeah, you get a little money, it's a little easier to yeah. get that citizenship. In 1990, Siegfried and Roy opened the show that most people know them on, uh, know them from. Um, it was at the Mirage in Las Vegas. So Siegfried and Roy came, um, sorry, it's a steep one. Siegfried and Roy came to me with the idea of a new show that was going to be scaled above and beyond anything anyone had seen in Las Vegas. Um, it was probably the most expensive show in the history of the world at the time it was built. It was over $30 million in 1990 for them to build the wow. show. Wow. Yeah. That's some serious cash. It's a lot of money. Um, so... This show is centered completely around white tigers. And that was like when the whole branding thing came up. Um, you can see them there with. Yeah. Yeah. So they're big um, males and females. So I think that's also pretty interesting. Um, but they were at the time really the only animal, exotic animal act going yeah. around. Yeah, they're kind of one of a kind. They're like yeah. the only one kind of doing that thing. There wasn't any, like, grizzly man back then. Like, this was <laughs> kind of the only thing out there on display. Other it probably than... was in Russia. Yeah, exactly. And then there's bears. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They're just, I mean, they were doing really well. Um, in 1999, actually, they were inducted into the Walk of Fame um, in Los Angeles, California. And then in 2003, there was an incident. Okay. So. It's still a good while working with these animals for there not to be an incident. It's pretty, 
That's still a pretty good track record. Yeah. So they also they had white lions and white tigers, and this particular incident um, centered around his white Bengal tiger, um, and his name was Manticore. So this was at the Mirage, um, and pretty much. There's, like, other videos of, like, before this has happened, like, some tigers start to look confused and, like, uncomfortable. Um, but this one, the tiger literally grabbed Roy by his neck. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, mauled him. Yeah. So, even, like, as he was (laughs) getting... Like, taken away into the ambulance, he was just, like, saying like, what a great, like, beast he was. Like, I mean, he didn't really blame the tiger. Yeah. I guess, you you know, you all know what's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the risk you take when you're parading around a bunch uh, of tigers, around music, around yeah. py- probably pyrotechnics. Yeah, the number of things that I've seen from, like, people that do mess with animals there's always at least one like that could have gone worse and like the amateur videos out there are just and people with alligators too yeah yeah um so yeah once a tiger so strong it gets a hold of you dude like there's a lot of pounds per square inch on that bite yeah so, on October 3rd, 2003, during a show at the Mirage, a seven-year-old white tiger named Manticore um, attacked Roy as part of the act, um, but veering off script. Roy held his microphone to Manticore's mouth and told him to say hello to the audience. Manticore responded by biting Roy's sleeve. Roy swatted the tiger and barked release, but Manicor then knocked Roy down um, with his leg and pinned him to the floor. As uh, standby trainers rushed in from offstage to assist, um, Manticor bit into Roy's neck and carried him offstage. Uh, yeah. That's hardcore. Yeah. Uh, trainers were finally able to get the tiger to release Roy after spraying him with CO2 canisters um, which was their last resort. I guess they weren't going to shoot the tiger regardless. Yeah. And I'm sure that was stipulated. Right. If you worked with big animals, you'd rather probably get killed by one of them than them kill the animal. If you right. really do love them, I, I feel like you have a certain amount of respect for them. Yeah. I mean, eventually, though, someone's going to put that tiger down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one needs to see somebody yeah. ripped alive by a tiger. Um, so... It ended up severing Roy's spine. Um, he obviously lost a lot of blood. Um, and then his a lot of other parts of his body were crushed. So like those are all really hard injuries to repair. It involves like rods and things like that. Um, it still to this day affects his ability to walk, move, and speak. Um, he also suffered a stroke. I guess while he was, because that's a lot of trauma. Um, and then, but like the stroke, I guess they just categorized as a level one. Um, but they don't know if that stroke 
was like before or after Manicore dragged him off the stage. Right. But yeah, I guess if your body, if you're about to be attacked by an animal, yeah. your body probably goes through a great deal of I trauma. Don't, yeah. yeah, and your 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 brain just spiking going all over the place. Yeah. And he was an older man at that point. Yeah. So in um, 2003, well, he was born in 44, so that's, what, 60 years old? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not super old, but people have strokes and stuff at 60 all the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, while he's being taken to the hospital, um, he, Roy kept saying, Manicore is a great cat. Make sure no car- harm comes to him. Um, and he told People Magazine in September 2004 that Manicore saved his life. By attempting to drag him to safety after he suffered a stroke. <laughs> which I don't... I don't know. I think he was trying to eat you. Yeah. But... Um, Steve Wynn later said that the tiger was reacting to a beehive hairdo, adorning a female audience member in the front row. Which, I don't know. Um, the injury to Horn prompted the Mirage to close the show, and 267 cast members and crew were laid off. Dang. Um, so Chris Lawrence was the one who deployed the CO2 canisters and later um, said that Siegfried and Roy's and Steve Wynn's explanation for why the tiger attacked were incorrect. Um, and they responded by calling Lawrence an alcoholic. So. Okay. Yeah. Lawrence was basically saying that Manicor was acting off that night um and shouldn't have ever gone on and that he was in an irritable mood and that Roy had failed to recognize that which is what resulted in Manticore doing what tigers do in attacking Warren Slater said he believed that Siegfried and Roy and the Mirage covered up the real reason for the attack in order to protect their image and their brand so yeah I mean but it's a gigantic killing machine yeah uh, it's yeah, what if that thing goes into the audience? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure they have stuff in place. Ugh, but, scary. I mean, that's the thing, though, is it, it's designed to bite, and it bites, and you're like, oh, why is it biting? Yeah. So, unfortunately, during this time, Siegfried and Ward also had a, um, I think it was an animated series coming yeah. out. Um, called Father of the Pride, and it was supposed to come out in 2004, and this incident happened at the end of 2003, so, um, NBC was like, no, we're not airing this after you just got mauled by a tiger, (laughs) and they're like, please, and obviously it wasn't right, but they were like, we're not about to let people see this in a positive light after you just got mauled (laughs) by a tiger. Ugh, I can't. imagine if you were at that show, because that's still before everyone had cell phones and could be like, oh. I mean, there's probably like a couple of flip phones out, that's maybe true. the Razor. That's but true. Yeah, it wouldn't be of good quality. Yeah. Um. So they ended up um in February 2009. They actually staged a final appearance with Manicore as oh. a benefit for the. Lou Rubo Brain Institute, um, but, and the other, Lawrence, the other guy, later said that the 
tiger that they used wasn't Manticore. Okay. Lawrence is just... He's like, look, <laughs> he's you trying guys to out lied guys. in the first place, and yeah. now you're trying to come out here with a tiger that is not Manicor. Um, but their report performance was recorded for broadcast on ABC Television's 2020 program. Hmm. Uh, on April 23rd, 2010, Siegfried and Roy retired from show business. Um, let's see. It's a long career, though. Yeah, it says. The last time we closed, we didn't have a lot of warning, which I guess this is coming from his manager. Um, I don't know. I'm like, I feel like you have a lot of warning after you get right. Like after somebody gets attacked and mauled by an animal, it's yeah. probably the end. You should probably call it. Yeah. Um. So Manicor actually ended up dying March nineteenth, two thousand fourteen, no. after he briefly got ill. He was seventeen years old. No. I know. Um, they apparently Siegfried and Roy were going to do a biopic film documenting their lives in yeah. June two thousand sixteen. Um, I don't know if that ever came out. Actually, I mean. I That'd know, be good. I thought it'd be interesting. ABC, yeah, it would be interesting. And especially if they actually did finally come out with... What really happened? Or, yeah, and what their relationship is really like. I don't think they're ever going to do that. Because, I mean, what, they never married anybody else or anything, Mm-mm. right? Nope, not that I can find. I mean, I think today people would be uh, accepting about it. Right. But yeah, people are not, not about putting animals in captivity or, or, or doing shows with them much anymore. No. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it should be eliminated as much, much as possible. I mean, that's why I do love going to the zoo, but it just makes me so sad yeah. to see them. Well, I mean, you can, um, you can be a conservationist and you can... Captivity is a last resort. Right. And... You know, as long as as people are doing it responsibly and trying to reintroduce species into the wild and trying to learn about them and, and try to do what's best for them, then that's fine, I think. Yeah. Um, I think that stuff, stuff like zoos, it does help, um, you know, give people firsthand experience with animals and, and kind of, it puts it in their head more that we need to be responsible right um and that we need to to take care of the planet for these other animals you know what i'm saying it really drives the point home a little bit more than seeing a picture on your phone that's true um but you know it is what it is but but as long as they have enough space it just makes me sad when they're all like right sad that one tiger woman to the zoo is just pacing back and forth yeah that's is he really anxious for baby, um, oh, but I mean, just but to do like a choreographed show, I think is, I mean, other than dolphins, they seem to be pretty into it. Yeah, well, they um, dolphins are like dogs. Yeah, they like the simulation and the training and yeah. stuff like that, or at least that's what the trainers. They seem to say. be pretty happy. I, I, don't, know, I don't speak dolphin. I had so much fun with the dolphins. Yeah, we threw the ball with the dolphin. Yeah. Aquarium. And we did the dolphin experience when we went to Mexico. And we got to literally have a little baby dolphin. Like a freaking baguette-sized little 
Well, that was the thing is they they had the mama, and they were like, well, we don't, you know, the baby doesn't do anything. The baby's just there, and the baby started swimming around us too. And it was, she was like, well, we don't teach the babies anything. They're right. just kind of hanging out so around cute. their mom. They're like, just don't get too close to the baby because the yeah, mom don't might, touch the baby. Mom might jack you up. Right, but the baby <laughs> was like, and we were in water that was deep enough where like if those dolphins wanted to drown us, they could. Yeah, yeah. But the baby literally would like come and like run into you because you could tell like. He wanted to play. He yeah. was so sweet. He but was yeah. A tiny. And so much muscle. Like yeah. when they were doing the little circle thing, and then every time that little baby would knock into me, I'm like, geez. He was like a little, like, like turkey size. I know. He was like a little. He was so huge. He was not that long. He was pretty small. A little baguette. Yeah, he was like a little baguette. <laughs> it was funny. Macho. Yeah. What a good Super trip. Cute. Yeah. That but, was yeah. super cool. I know. We need to get some traveling in. I know. I've got your 30th birthday plan, but. <laughs> we gotta get up to New York. That's I the next know. One. I know. I gotta cross some states off. And we did New Orleans. We did Heck New York yes, and LA. Yeah. Wanna get down Seattle to Texas, because I haven't been to Texas yet. Yeah, well, we'll go. We'll, we'll go to Austin soon. Woo Alright guys, well, that's all we got for you this week, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Hopefully you can get through Monday A-okay. We'll be struggling too. If you need anything, shout us out on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, at FML Podcasts. Uh Um, On Facebook, it's just the pit stories from the depths. You can find us Woo! Excuse me. You can find us uh, audibly if you want to listen to the podcast. You know, you can listen to this episode and many others on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Soundcast. Audem. 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 We're working on getting YouTube amped up, but, you know, life happening. Yeah. That's been delayed a little bit, but... We'll promise to get you guys some new content, and hopefully this week is a better one. Yeah, guys. Appreciate you for stopping by. And uh, best thing you can do is share us word of mouth. Let somebody know. Um, and yeah, and just we really do appreciate you continuing listening, and uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Yeah, and if you also today learned that Sigmund Freud and Siegfried <laughs> and Roy are different people, then... Let us know. I'd be really interested to hear. Sigmund Freud. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a great Monday. Love ya. Bye. Bye.